Welcome to Four Sheets to the Wind podcast. I'm Aaron Drake, joined here tonight by Connor Thomas. Rick and Alex can't make it with us tonight, but we're going to give the people what they want. Got a podcast coming on a weeknight sesh, burning the midnight oil just to get this out there for the people. And that's because Tiger Woods did it for the people this weekend, Connor. Tiger Woods won his first major tournament in 11 years or was that his just first masters in 11 years 2009 i feel oh, wait. like was oh wait it was his last major u.s open so okay nearly 11 years got it yeah so starting off there a little masters talk what america I mean, this... wants tiger delivers oh yeah i mean what america america's needs... wanted this for a long time and tiger did not deliver but <laughs> I mean, boy, was it worth the wait because what a fun Sunday. The only downside of that Sunday was that it had to happen so early. I feel like if it was a little bit later, there probably would have been a little bit more momentum built up into it and people would have been paying more attention throughout the day. But I mean, still. What there's not more, on the West Coast, it was what? Like, when is the, when the guys, like, when did Tiger tee off? Like, 6 a.m.? 6.20 a.m. Okay. I mean, I, it was 8 a.m. here and I, I still missed the first six holes. Yeah, so, I mean, other than that, historic, historic tournament. Definitely the biggest golf tournament, I'd say, of our lifetime, if not ever. I, Is that I, hyperbole? I mean, what else compares? The only thing maybe, I, would, I would lead with maybe one of his Masters wins in his peak. Like the one, I, can't, I don't remember which year it was. was it, I don't think it was 97, but 05 or one of those where he, he like won by 20. It's less dramatic, but that's probably like the peak. That's peak Tiger. He just blows the field out of the water and goes, like, shoots the course record at, at Augusta to win it. Okay, that's this is, probably, this is probably the most dramatic. I mean, I I don't know if it's hyperbole to say this is one of the greatest or not the greatest sports story of all time, sports moment. I mean, nineteen eighty U.S. versus Russia, like this is up there with that. I think. I personally would put the 2016 NBA Finals Game 7 up there, especially with Kyrie hitting that shot the last couple minutes just yeah. in general. I would say in our, uh, uh, in our lifetime, I think LeBron being the Warriors is definitely up there um, in that conversation. I mean, maybe Jordan's buzzer beater against the Jazz, but I feel like that didn't quite have – the whole weight of the situation on it, quite like Tiger being being the sport of golf, his huge fall from grace, um, even like the Cavs-Warriors finals, it was LeBron up against a 73-0 team, Cleveland had an, or not 73-0, no, 73-win team, yeah, 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 and Cleveland not winning a title for so long, he leaves and comes back, all of that is built in the story. Mm-hmm. 1980 Olympics, I mean, obviously there's the whole Cold War um, backdrop that that's... A bunch of college kids versus the greatest team hockey's ever assembled. Yeah, so I mean, those type of stories just had have so much additional weight yeah 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 and i mean you could put this up against any any of those i think i mean just the fact we don't just go lifetime those are probably nice we weren't alive in 1980 
mm-hmm. but just on the twenty twenty first, twentieth and twenty first century, even maybe Ali getting if we want to go that far back. I think Ali had a moment or two in there, probably Ali Liston, mm-hmm. something like that. Uh, that mean uh, baseball shot her. I mean uh, Jackie Robinson, maybe. But I I feel I like he think, didn't have like a singular moment. I, mean, I think Jackie Robinson, like obviously great athlete, a great like that's an amazing story. But I don't think there's a singular moment that reaches that mm-hmm. level either. Maybe so. I guess eighty six Mets. Bill Buckner. Yeah, I feel like something being a gaff is a little bit. Yeah, it can never be quite as good as someone achieving something. You know, that's a good point. Like Tiger didn't win because someone else just had a colossal collapse. I mean, yeah, you could say Molinari, Molinari. Hit a few in the a few in the drink, but that, but Molinari wasn't the only person he was up against. First of all, yeah. and that stuff is not that atypical for. A golf tournament, especially Amen Corner. I mean, yeah. Look at his other playing partner, Tony Finau, hit one in the water that exact same hole on twelve. So I, mean, I don't even feel that. Like compare, you can't compare that to Buckner at all. Like that wasn't the same level. But I told totally you agree with what you're saying that someone achieving something is different than Buckner fucking up. If mm-hmm. we want to roll the top five of you, Miracle on Ice, Tiger, LeBron in sixteen, Ali. Liston or Ollie Frazier, maybe. One of I don't those. know. I I don't know enough knowledge about that. To be honest, I do know that Ollie was on that level of Tiger, where people just loved him, um, and was just I a huge iconic figure. He had a lot going on with his just brand and character and all that sort of stuff outside of boxing. I think it's the three of the three athletes who reached that level in society are probably Tiger, Michael. And Ali, mm-hmm. I think it makes sense that the, those three found themselves on the same list. And if you want to put LeBron in that in that conversation, oh, that definitely yeah. makes a stretch. I mean, LeBron is obviously the closest thing we've ever had to Jordan. So having him in that in that arena is now the question. Yeah, I'm trying to think if there's something like a soccer moment. I'm sure there is throughout history. Um, none that's jumping to Something mind like, right away. Did Maradona, did Maradona ever win a, didn't he win the a World Cup in 86 or something? He had the hand of God, but I don't know if there was like, and that was at this moment, but I, don't, I would definitely don't like personally wouldn't put that on the same level. Yeah. Especially cause that was also like a blown call. Like no one wants that sort of deal. Mm. I mean, here's one. That might be in that conversation is the David Tyree catch against the undefeated Patriots. Hmm. Yeah. Is that is that the best NFL moment we've ever had? I personally think so. I mean, there's sort of the Malcolm Butler interception. That one I didn't feel like quite had the weight because it wasn't an undefeated team. Mm-hmm. It was... That was dramatic and shocking, but I don't think it's on this level at all. Though it wasn't impactful. I think the Ty- David Tyree play is is the number one NFL play, though. I mean, I might not disagree. I'm trying to think what else. Immaculate reception. I don't, I don't even know if that was in a Super Bowl. I don't think it was. I mean, honestly, though, I wouldn't put like if you want to say Tyree's the greatest NFL moment, maybe, but I don't think I put it in the same level as the four we've discussed so far. 
Yeah, I don't think I would either. Mostly because that play was an Eli Manning, David Tyree play, not a legend making something happen. You know, if you reverse it, if that was Brady or something, or Peyton Manning. Brady the Moss. Yeah. In that game. To, sit, to go so undefeated. There's, I think there's just so many factors that need to be checked off to reach this level. And Tiger's moment on Sunday, check, check enough boxes and reach those heights to put this in the, that conversation. Right. So let's dive into some of the details about that moment. Um, so basically, to recap, Tiger starts off the day tied for second, two shots back of Francesco Molinari, the Italian, or as Rick would say, Italian. <laughs> um, basically, the whole front nine, he goes up and down a little bit. I think he finished even par through nine, and Molinari also was even par. I believe maybe he was one under. Basically, Molinari was rock solid. They roll up into Amen Corner, where the Masters is always decided. Every year on Sunday, it comes down to Amen Corner. And Molinari starts off bad, hits one right into the water. And then that was basically the window that Tiger needed. Right away, Molinari, or I mean, Molinari got a five, Tiger parred. And just like that, they were tied. Um, And then the rest was history. Molinari hit another one in the water on 15. Tiger birdied that one. Um, There's a lot of guys in in contention, though, throughout the day. Brooks Kepka was right around there. Dustin Johnson made a late charge. Jason Day posted 11 under. That was pretty early on. We had uh, Xander Shoffley making a run. Patrick Cantlay had the lead at one point on the back nine. So there was a lot going on, but it, it just felt like it was Tiger's day. The whole, the, ever since Molinari went in the water on 12, it felt like it was Tiger's day. Did you feel the same way? That was a, that was definitely a turning point. What was that? Like 10, where was that? When would Molinari go in the drink at first? 11? 12. 12. So from that point on, we were, we're what? Two thirds of the way, a little over half of the way through the day. From then on, it felt like Tiger was going to win. He kind of, he pulled away a little bit. I think at, what fourteen? There was a point where he got two up on on the competition, and from then I felt like, all right, he's not going. That was that. that was after sixteen. So that was, it was pretty late where he got up. We got two, two up. It was fourteen. Yeah, fourteen under, and the next guy was twelve. I believe so. Okay, I thought it happened. I thought he got up by two a little bit earlier, and then gave it up, and then maybe yeah, because Kepka didn't birdie the last one, and Kepka only lost by one. Okay, so I think that was what it was. And he was up, he was 14 under. And then Tiger was tied on 15. I remember that. He was tied with someone. I don't remember exactly who. Going down 15, but 15 is a very, very birdieable hole. Basically, all those guys birdied that one. So it's kind of like Tiger had that in his back pocket the whole time. So even though they were tied, it felt like Tiger was still one up on them, which ended up being the case because 15 was. he did end up executing that textbook, had a pretty easy birdie, and then came down to 16. And 16 is the shot that people are going to remember, I think. Oh, without a doubt. Well, that, I mean, that's, that's, that's probably one of, other than the, what was it, the 05 Masters, the fist bump? That's probably his like moment now. Yeah, I mean, he had another putt on 16 at one point. That was a pretty memorable moment where 
it was it a putter? It might have even been a chip. It was something far, and it like hangs on the edge, and then just drops in. And Tiger's really young at this time. It might have even been his first or second Masters win. Um, but I think that was a pretty iconic moment as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, this one, I mean, Tiger first takes the lead, comes up on sixteen, and really feels like, all right, Tiger's got this. He just needs to play clean golf all the way through. Comes in, nearly holes in one. I mean, that it had to be, what, three inches away from hole in one? If that, I mean, it was insane. Could not have been closer, really. He's got Michael Phelps standing right behind him the whole time. Um, you think they're boys? They probably know each other. I don't know if they're boys, though. <laughs> they two, two, two great athletes with very different vices. What's Phelps' vice? Smoking weed? I just, I guess, just loves to party. Is that that, that different than Tiger's vice? I don't think Tiger. I don't think Tiger loves to party as much as he just loves fucking pussy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I guess those are not always one and the same, though. Like you, they're you know, often. You know, Tiger related. was just a straight fucking sex addict. If he's just fucking like pounding out these like, like waitresses who are probably like fours. Dude, like they probably weren't quite fours. What, sixes? I mean, Tiger should be banked. Like, he's married to, like, a fucking 12, and he can get pretty much bang any girl on earth, and he's literally just, like, so addicted to the fucking, like, poon that he's, like, pounding out Denny's waitresses. <laughs> it, was, it wasn't a Denny's waitress. Perkins waitresses. Perkins. <laughs> it's a national chain. What yeah? What is Perkins? I don't I don't really know. I always the only reason I know Perkins is because Tiger banged one of their waitresses. Oh God, dude! This girl, if this is who it is, this is uh, an eight dollar an hour diner waitress. <laughs> oh, I wouldn't fuck this chick, dude. This chick's like a two. Bro, you would fuck that chick if you were hammered. Are you kidding me? I'm sending. I'm sending the pic right now. We'll link it and we'll link it on Twitter, dude. If you were Tiger Woods, Connor, and you were just trashed after a night out with the boys, it's two a.m. You're at Perkins, and you're Tiger know. Woods. So he probably put in zero effort, and she just comes up to you and is base, and you basically just say, "Hey, come back with us." She does. You don't talk, say more than five words with her. You'd be on that like white on rice. I don't know, bro. I'm not a big curly-haired guy. You would. I'm just. I I know you, Connor. You would. You would. Favorite mystery. Right, but I don't think this was just a one-time thing either. Now that I don't know if you'd do, especially if you were Tiger Woods. That seems like straight sex addict behavior to me. Like it's being, well, he was an admitted sex addict, so like there are some smokes on here. I'm looking at this this Tiger's wall of whores. <laughs> I saw that link. <laughs> I'm not sure how reputable this this source is. Delisted.com for those yeah. interested. <laughs> like the tenth link on Google is a Perkins restaurant and bakery waitress salaries glass door. <laughs> salaries listed at four dollars. <laughs> Average base pay. Nice. Oh, he banged a Hooters waitress too. Right, that's, that's a little more my speed.
All yeah, right. Anyways, good. moving on from Connor's or not Connor Tiger's uh, past sex life. <laughs> so just to fully capture the moment and everything that was going along with this, I mean Tiger had just a massive fall from grace. I mean, I can't remember any athlete's demise being quite as public as Tiger Woods and quite over public, such a long period of time. Steep. And embarrassing. Yeah, I mean, for the I think we to chronicle this, I mean it's all it starts what, that Thanksgiving weekend in oh nine? Yeah. What Tiger's fucked up. He's he's on painkillers, I think, at this point. Is he drunk? I think he's on painkillers, right? Trying to leave his trying to leave his compound and his wife no, takes it? a I don't know if he was on anything. I just thought his wife was fucking chasing him with a golf club and so he was what? just fucking backing up and crashed. I thought he was I thought he was struggling to back up though. That's why he couldn't do execute the move quick enough. I mean, maybe. I could be uh, I, to be fair, I could be confusing his multiple his just his other DUI. Yeah. All right. Well, I'm gonna fact check this. You keep yeah, going check. with I'll, some I'll other quick shit. Yeah. So you you have that downfall, and that's I mean that's something that drags on for years between the just the very the very public admission that he's a like a registered like sex fiend, Chion's wife with this litany of whores, family's destroyed, model Swedish model wife is leaves him obviously. And then from there, he kind of, I mean, he had a couple really good seasons in there following that before the injuries kind of struck. Because you have another stretch, I feel like, around, what, 13 or 14? Yeah, he won player of the year. Like, he has another really good stretch in there. No majors, but like for the, so maybe the casual fan, they don't realize how good he is. But he's player of the year. He's, he's wins, does he win tournaments? I don't think he wins tournaments. The year he won player of the year? When was the last time Tiger won a a tournament before Sunday? Didn't he win a tournament last year? I think he got second a few times, but I don't know if he won one. I don't know. Regardless, he wasn't winning like... Majors. or yeah, Not even close to majors. He was winning like lower-end tournaments. He was placing solidly in some majors, but it never... Mm -hmm. I mean, he had the lead at the British Open last year but and finished second at the PGA Championship. But other than those last two... Well, I'm, saying, I'm saying the, threat, the, the kind of middle stretch, though, between like when he was player of the year and then he gets the, he gets a, the well, injuries. He had a few I feel like years where he harder. didn't even play because he had so many injuries that were so serious. He had like a spinal surgery spinal fusion. in like 15, I think. And then... Mm-hmm. Basically took like a year off, had a couple other years where he like missed the cut at the Masters and, you know. That's a stretch. That's really the stretch where I didn't feel like he was ever going to get. I wasn't. That was when he had so many surgeries. He got addicted to painkillers. That was when he had his DUI. Um, Okay, okay. That was like 16, I want to say. He had that mug shot and that must, that was probably rock bottom, the mug shot, I think. I'd say I don't know. I would say you hit rock bottom twice would be the the very public the the first thing that starts all this that feels like a bottom two. Like just that's just absolute hell. That remember that the press conference. 
So Tiger Woods took an Ambien, and that was when his wife read his texts and found out about oh it. Oh my god! So he was on Ambien. Okay, yeah, yeah. But I feel like I, he was. I feel like he would have been able to back up and like get away from her quicker had he not been like on sleeping pills. But yeah. So, anyways, I mean, well. For his golf career, I don't think it was rock bottom until that mug shot. Because, yeah, he had all this crazy family stuff going. But like we said, he still was a pretty good golfer throughout most of that. I mean, he definitely yeah. lost some of his Tiger luster because Tiger, part of his persona was just how sort of mysterious and well put together his life was. And yeah. put in different people yeah. in, his, in his competition. Yeah, and then he went to this mortal who just had colossal flaws and – and very clear public shortcomings um, mm-hmm. where it wasn't the same, but he still had varying degrees of success. And then basically, yeah, like we said, everyone thought it was over by a few years ago. And for him to come back and win the Masters, first time ever winning a major from behind on Sunday. Insane. Yeah. And then the moment he shares with his kids at the very end and his mom was just I mean those that that's some of the best moments of sports. I mean that's that's why you watch sports right there. Moments like that is I I kid you not, that is the first time I've ever cried. Yeah, it was a beautiful watching sport. Yeah, it was a beautiful was moment. A, one of the one of the, the the chance of of t- tiger it wasn't the wasn't right when he won, but when they when the ch- tiger chance started. I shed a few tears. It was it, overwhelming. Yeah, just the love just think, that everyone has for tigers, just insane. This is something that no one thought would would come. We've been waiting for over a decade, and no one thought it was going to happen. And one of the to, to do one of the most beloved athletes in the world. And then, the, as you're saying, the the symmetry. So ninety seven, his father's there following a massive heart surgery. He wasn't supposed to be there. Makes it there. Him and Tiger share that that moment. The symmetry of that and this time you have his son, 2019, 22 years later. His son dressed just like him, red shirt, backwards Nike hat. Goes up and he's the first, that's the first hug he does. The symmetry between that and Earl Woods in 97 was impeccable. Yeah. And you could tell, I mean, all every single golfer that he was competing against in their interviews in the clubhouse all without even being prompted by the interviewer talked about just how how different today felt with Tiger and how they could tell the energy was just so different from a normal tournament and how Tiger's roars were just different than anything anyone else did. And Augusta is a pretty golf elitist place where they're just rooting for good golf. But even all mm-hmm. these guys could say, yeah, you could tell when someone did something somewhere else on the course and when Tiger did something. I think, yeah, Kepka, I think it was Kepka who bit on 15, right after the Tiger shot on 16, basically just had to like stop in the place was just going wild. You right. knew it was Tiger. You knew yeah, immediately it was Tiger did something. Yeah, he, had to, he was about to address his tee shot and he had to back off for a sec because the place was just going crazy. So and still this far in Tiger's career, we're we're 22 years since 90. He got started in 95, so 24 years into the career, no golfer has even come close to sniffing this level of these heights. Yeah, this this kind of relevance. 
that Tiger at 43 is surpasses this oh, of anyone. Was, you know what I mean? I mean, that was another part of the moment is just that Tiger was the second oldest Masters winner of all time. Yeah, following how old was Nicholas in '86? He was 46, also, I think. I, I don't know. I don't know. If I'm I think I want to say 46. But uh, but yeah. So I mean that I don't I don't know what else to say about that. It was it was a great Sunday, massive event. Hats off to uh to Eldrick. That was that was everything we've ever wanted mm-hmm. as a golf fan, as a as a sports fan. Worth the wait. We'll, could, hopefully, he keeps it going and um can push push Jack's record. Like nothing better. I mean, this year, good chances any right. You got a uh, Bethpage Black. You got Pebble Beach. Two of his favorite courses. Two places he's won. He's won in the past. So stay tuned. Stay tuned. All right. Should we move on to some NBA talk? Say it. All right. So since we last discussed, um, Magic Johnson took his moment in the spotlight and basically spur of the moment resigned as president of basketball operations for the Lakers. Didn't tell Jimmy before anything. He basically just had an impromptu press conference before the Lakers' last game of the season against the Brooklyn Nets. And just came out and said, hey, hey, everyone, I'm, I'm resigning. I'm no longer doing this. And it was a random scrum of reporters. It was not organized at all. You could tell the Lakers PR had no idea what was going on. Jack, or not Jack, Magic said like a multiple times about how he he hadn't told Jeannie because he couldn't look her in the eyes and, and resign to her face and all that. He just felt too bad. But he also... The quote going around, Jeannie does not know I'm here. Jeannie does not know I'm doing this. Yeah. So, I mean, since then, it seems like Rob... Since then, the Lakers also fired Luke Walton, agreed to part ways. Um, Within 48 hours, he got another job coaching the Sacramento Kings. Um, Rob Polinka appears to be running the entire Lakers basketball operations now that magic's out um just a bizarre last week for the lakers not totally sure what the resolution will be and i think we're we have a few head coaching candidates there's a rumor going around on cowherd this morning that we're targeting a a president of basketball operations who's currently running another playoff team so your guess is as good as mine who that is. I think I've heard some people guess Bob Myers of the Warriors. I mean, it's got to be the ones that seem to be brought up the most are Bob Myers, Masai Ujiri, and Sam Presti. Sam Presti, yeah. Um, I mean, any of those three would be a massive win, obviously. The guy Zach Lowe threw out there was Neil Olshay with the, the Blazers. I'm not signed that. I mean, I mean, I'd rather have know. anyone other than Polinka, though. I mean, it'll be curious to see if they do bring in someone else. Um, mm-hmm. if if they allow Polinka to be there, my guess is no, they wouldn't want Polinka there. It sounds like everyone fucking hates him. All right, so let's all right, let's react to Magic. I think we're both on the same page. That thank the fucking Lord that Magic's out of there, right? No, it was an unmitigated. Other than LeBron, like I, you gotta give him some credit for getting LeBron. I, I think LeBron would have come. I'm, I don't I give that come. much credit because I think this is a done deal regardless. I do think LeBron would have come from like 
as long as most some, some if you don't even some level of competence, as long as LeBron David Blatt wasn't the president of basketball operations, I think LeBron was coming. As long as who David Blatt wasn't running the Lakers, <laughs> I was gonna say a, a fucking like half wit like like Magic Johnson <laughs> and Rob Polinka. No, I'm talking like someone like an actual mental problem. <laughs> As long as we like said, there wasn't someone with Down syndrome running the Lakers, you think LeBron was going to be there? As long as they could tie their shoe and write their full name, like t- Magic or LeBron was probably coming to LA, so I won't give him too much credit. But at the same time, he did deliver LeBron, so I'll give him credit for that. Other than that move, though, the entire two two and a half years two years stretch of this has been a unmitigated disaster. Yeah, just an absolute embarrassment in every way. And I think the stories are kind of coming out now that the problem from the jump, I mean, I think we, we, we touched on this previously. I was pretty excited when this when this new regime came in. Palinka especially, but Magic also had a lot of success with the Dodgers. Obviously, the greatest Laker of all time. Coming home, going to do right in this kingdom. I think what the, the stories are going around now is that he just was not willing to put in the time. Mm-hmm. Like, he loved being the face of the franchise. Magic, I'm, um, I'm not Irvin, I'm Magic. Two different people. Magic is the showman, the the sponsor, face of the franchise, but he's not the guy do, fucking put burning the midnight oil, going to New Mexico State, going to Croatia to do scouting, doing the, the little things that GMs need to do to be successful. He was going to Michigan State games and fucking doing uh, corporate sponsor events. Correct. And I, so this is why I, Magic was getting killed last week. And I think it was a little, I think it was stupid as fuck for him to not tell Genie, especially if he's as close to Genie as he says. Like, it should, not, both it should not be that difficult. Like, I would be more likely to tell you something, Connor, face to face than go to a bunch of random fucking people who are going to put it out, out on the internet. Um, mm-hmm. Something that was difficult. So I found that to be bizarre. But other than that, I respect Magic for doing this. You you know, he came in, did it for what a year, and realized like, hey, this fucking sucks. I don't like getting crushed by everyone. I don't want to do any of this work. I just want to be Magic Johnson and do whatever the fuck I want. Get these tweets off. Wake up at ten. <laughs> go to sleep by nine. Maybe go to a few Laker games a year. Get showered and just love by all the Lakers fans, everyone from LA. Go to a few Dodger games, go to a few corporate events. I'm Magic fucking Johnson, baby. I fucking beat AIDS. Yeah, he doesn't need to put up with this bullshit fucking day to day stuff. Like, and the fact that he saw that early on and was just like, fuck this shit, I'm out of here. I respect that, you know? I just, yeah, I mean, I respect the decision. I think it's just the, the way he did it was just very poorly executed. I don't I mean think of any scenario, it doesn't have to be basketball. For you to fucking not be not have the, the guts to tell your direct line manager, your boss that like that part I'm I agree. Like, I agree. That that do that on national media. I don't, I don't care if you're a finance executive or a, the president of basketball operations or a GM or what what have you. That's no way about that's no way, no way of doing business. I agree. Him not telling Jeannie beforehand was was not a good look. I mean he he had a three he had a three hour meeting with Jeannie. And just was just fucking twiddling his thumbs, saying, "Oh yeah, yeah, yeah look, I'm, I can't wait for next year." So like, Windhorst, oh, this is what we're gonna do. Brian Windhorst did come out and say that Genie didn't think this was 
after that meeting, Jeannie was aware that this was something that was on the table. She didn't know is this imminent uh. or this serious, but there was a sense that ma- magic wasn't going to be around for the start of next season. Hmm. That's an interesting wrinkle, I suppose. Yeah. I still should should have addressed it head on. I think we can agree on that, but mm-hmm. at the end of the day, I think best for both parties, magic gets to go back. I mean, doing the thing he's best at post being a Laker is just being magic. Mm-hmm. But so, he's fucking amazing at. So to address the Lakers' current situation moving forward, I'm scared as hell right now about Rob Polinka still calling the shots. It sounds like everyone in the league fucking hates that guy. Yeah, I'm. I'm. I'm still concerned. I mean, if we, I think if we get if we land one of these massive names, I can't imagine if anyone that we just named Myers, Polinka, Masai Ujiri, or excuse me, <laughs> Myers, Presti. Masai Ujiri are going to answer to Polinka. Oh, no way in hell. No way in hell. So if we are in fact getting one of the people that's running a, one of the franchises in the playoffs and is one of those guys, I'm much less concerned if that rumor is true. But here's On the, the thing. coaching front. Here's the thing. If Jeannie Buss was keeping all of that stuff open for one of those guys, mm-hmm. why the fuck is Rob Polinka running a coaching search right now? Yeah, I mean, it, that, that, I mean, that, that, that makes it feel like as fuck to go out and hire Mon- Monty Williams and then bring in Bob Myers, who fucking doesn't want Monty Williams, you know? I mean, that yeah. would just be. Well, I mean, is there any scenario where Bob, let's just use Myers as the placeholder. Mm-hmm. We hire Myers. Is there any way that Plinka can still can be like the assistant or the, one of them is PBO and one of them is GM? No, hell no. But what I'm saying is why, like, what do you do then when Polinka makes a hire for a coach and then you hire Myers, get Polinka out of there, and now Myers is saddled with this coach who hasn't even coached a game, but he doesn't want him. I mean, this is just emblematic of Jeannie's shortcomings where she puts her faith in just the wrong people over and over and over again. And she lets them do their thing and she gives them too long of a leash and she's not involved enough in basketball operations. And she's got Rob Polinka, who's basically the only person in her inner circle that has a basketball background. And this guy doesn't even know basketball. He's an agent. He was Kobe's agent. And everyone around the league fucking hates this guy because he's an asshole talking about how KCP was manna from heaven and that there's some old ass parable about how everyone on a trolley was trying to get these a preacher and his wife off the trolley. And instead of being split apart by the mob, the mob just pushed them closer together. And that was how they stayed together. Like no one wants to put up with that bullshit when they're making $10 million a year playing basketball. Some of these guys that he's dealing with making a few mil running organizations. No one wants to hear that bullshit that he's talking about, you know? I never, I remember the man from heaven. I've never heard the the story about the mob or whatever. Yeah, he said that shit when the Lakers' season was falling apart. Around like the Anthony Davis trade deadline. Okay, okay. Yeah, I've never heard that one, but... But so fuck. It seems like Polink is going to be in the mix. Yeah, because Genie is not good at cutting bait and realizing that hey, these people don't know what the fuck they're doing. They suck at their jobs, and because of their reputation, they can't do their jobs at the level that is required. Um, 
and she won't cut them loose because they're a part of the Lakers family and she has personal relationships with them and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. And she doesn't want to be a meddling owner. So instead she just lets people fucking take over and just be total dumbasses. I honestly feel like I could do a better job than Ron Palinka because at least people don't fucking hate me. People would be trying to take advantage of me. Might even do some, but at least they wouldn't hate me. They would take my calls. I don't want to go that far. I'm I'm going that far, man. <laughs> yeah, I mean, at the, there are times when an off like if you can make the right, you can put the right people in place, and a hands off owner works a lot of the time. Yeah, but if you can't, if you can't put the right people in place, then it's a horrible approach. You're hands off on people that are that need to be fucking controlled. If the people can't execute, then you being hands off is a is a detriment. Yeah, so we'll see what happens. I mean, I'm not optimistic. I mean, who do you think we get? I heard, I heard if the if the Sixers get bounced in round one, there's a decent chance Brown gets fired, and we Monty Williams will take the Philly job over the Lakers job. And then we hire Ty Lue. It sounds like. Uh, yeah, I'm not optimistic. I I don't think Ty Lue is that bad of a coach. Um, it just it. It's again, the Lakers not doing anything imaginative or creative or thinking outside the box. What's the, is, is, for Monty Williams, is the motivation solely because we think it'll help us get Davis? I have no idea what the motivation for Monty Williams is. He's a below 500 yeah, coach. Sure. Yeah. Yeah, it's. I mean, other than Davis, I can't see any. But that's the way the Lakers think. Oh yeah, let's get Anthony Davis's coach in here, and then Anthony Davis. All they care about is getting big free agents instead of just making good, smart moves. Mm-hmm. That's all they focus on. Oh, we'll get this guy, and then the rest is going to work itself out. And they have no idea what the fuck they're doing with the rest of the work itself out part. And they don't have Land- a- landed. Landed Shaq in '96, and the rest worked itself out. Yeah, but that, yeah, happen. that was with Jerry, Jerry West, and Jerry Buss. I mean, these these are different people, mm-hmm. and no, those they're, guys they're, were they're, both they're, accomplished they're, as hell. You know, no, I'm saying that's what, they, that's what our our current regime thinks. Correct, correct. All right, well, enough bagging on the Lakers. Let's move on to the teams that are actually still playing basketball. Uh, NBA playoffs. We're basically through two games for almost all of the series now, except for no, all of them have played two games. Yeah, I think we're basically yeah two games in for all series. Um, I think the biggest surprise is the Clippers coming back from thirty-one points down to the Warriors on Monday night. Um, did you watch that game? I fell asleep. I do. I've they're up big, and I it was coming up on midnight. I I was done. Yeah, I mean that makes sense. I did not watch the game. I was at a work event. Um, I wish I saw it because boy, would I have eaten that shit up. Uh, Demarcus Cousins got hurt in that game. He's going to be out for the rest of the season. I personally think that probably helps the Warriors long-term. They don't have to worry about giving Boogie his minutes, and I thought Boogie was the guy who was just going to be targeted over and over and over again, especially when they play the Rockets in the next round. James Harden and Chris Paul would just relentlessly go at Boogie every single time he went down the court. Now I think they're probably forced to play Draymond at five, which is when they're at their best, 
and even use Kevon Looney more, who I think is actually better than Boogie, at least with the current Warriors roster. Probably not in a vacuum, but even then, who knows? I think Boogie's still got a long ways back from coming from that injury. Now he's got another injury. I mean, his long-term prognosis is not looking good. I don't know what you think. Oh, d- disaster. I mean, I think this is a common thread with with this Achilles injury. Mm-hmm. Like it kind of like this akin this injury begets further injuries. I mean, that's what happened with Kobe. So I, I think I, I don't think it's unrealistic to say that Boogie's done for as we knew him. Agreed. Um, do you still think the Clippers have any chance at all against the Warriors? I don't. I, I'd be surprised, honestly. I'd, I'd still take Warriors in five. I'd be surprised if the Clippers can pull one more off. That was an insane, like, comeback, insane event. Maybe mm-hmm. they get one in LA, but I'd probably, I wouldn't, I would not bet on them to get another win in the series still. Yeah. I feel like, uh, that was a cool moment, but ultimately, it's not gonna mean, yeah, not ultimately not going to mean anything. It might be, the one thing is it might be a little symptomatic of some just bigger issues for the vulnerability for the Warriors. Right, right. So. I, mean, I think in the in their this Warriors era we've been in, this is this feel like the most vulnerable they've been. I think it feels like someone could knock them off. I would agree. It just seems like there's a weird, a very strange vibe going on with this team that is could actually impact their wins and losses when they're playing against a team like the Rockets or the Bucks or something like that. Mm-hmm. I mean, obviously they're still a favorite. Oh yeah. But I don't. I still don't think the field sounds awful. Depending on what the odds were, like I would, I would heavily consider the field at the right, at the right price, and much lower than I would in the past. Just because of that, I think there's a chance that a a, someone, a team that's playing really solid team basketball comes in there and shocks them. Yeah. Um. Anything else that was noteworthy? The Raptors and 76ers both dropped their first games to the Nets and Magic and then came back and blew the doors off of both of them, game two. I think those series are both up in there. I do think the underdogs have a chance to win both of those series. I think uh, I'd still pick the favorites ultimately, but I think it's going to be a longer series than most people had anticipate or plan for Mm -hmm. i think the raptors same old story they've got a deep bench that means less in the regular season um and orlando's a really bad matchup for them no you're the other way around right i mean the your bench means less in the playoffs rotation oh yeah sorry did i say it means more in the playoffs you said it means less in the regular season okay yeah my bad my bad Yeah. Yeah, yeah 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 it means a lot less in the playoffs um the magic are terrible seven yeah, the Magic are a terrible uh, matchup for the Raptors. I know a lot of analytics guys I follow had like some pretty intense stats saying that the Magic should win this series. Um, the The Nets, I think they've got a chance depending on Embiid's health. I mean, that's mm-hmm. kind of an X factor. If Embiid's healthy, I don't, I don't think the Sixers will lose. If Embiid's at you know, seventy five percent or less. I think the Nets totally have a chance, and it basically comes down to whether guys like 
Dinwiddie, Levert, and D'Angelo Russell are just hitting their shots. Yeah, I, d- I definitely don't think Embiid is at full strength. And I don't think there's, he's not going to have a chance to get to full strength in this playoffs. I mean, they're, they're going to be playing every other game, basically, for the foreseeable future, every other day for the foreseeable future. He's never really given a chance at extended rest again unless they swept somebody and then there's a long stretch in between the next series, which doesn't let me think there could going to be a long series here. Yeah, but even then, that's only a few days, and Embiid is just such an injury-prone guy. I feel like a few days would not make a world of difference for him. Mm-hmm. I mean, so I don't. I mean, that's definitely. I think that's. I still think they're going to ultimately emerge victorious in this series. Yeah, but I don't see really having a longer run than I. I, I probably have them getting bounced in the second round, depending on who well, they, unless, they draw. Um, unless the Magic beat the Raptors and it's Magic Sixers. Yeah, that's I mean, fair. both of these teams. I, I, lose, I, don't think, I, don't the think, I don't think the Magic are going to win. I think the Magic have a chance. I don't think. I think it's more likely the Raptors win for sure, but I think the Magic have a legitimate chance. We'll see. We'll see. They're we'll going see back to Orlando. Series gonna, yeah, series going south. Yeah. Um, but God, uh, uh, Orlando versus Brooklyn in the semis would suck because one of them would have to be in the Eastern Conference Finals. That would be lame as fuck. All this talk about the East is so much better this year. Mm-hmm. Solid top four. Yeah. Boston um, beating the Pacers first two games. Might as well come back in the fourth today. Yeah. Puts them up comfortably up 2-0. I mean, at the end of the day, it's been an interesting first round in the East, but I'm still picking the top four to make to make it out of this first round still. I mean, the Bucks look like dominant favorite so far i think i mean they've just handed the pistons to fat l so far Mm -hmm. um granted the pistons are playing without blake griffin so take from it what you will that team is definitely the worst and they're missing their best player um yep you know far inferior opponent but but they look great And then out west, we've got the Rockets beating the shit out of Utah the first two games. My Rockets, I'll announce on the podcast, I'm adopting the Rockets as my my team for the playoffs. I'm all in on them. I'm be rooting really hard for them. Love James Harden. I think they've got the best chance to beat the Warriors. Probably could have beaten the Warriors last year if Chris Paul doesn't get hurt. Um, Harden is just playing insane basketball. Uh I think a Warriors Rockets series is gonna be really fun. Yep, that's gonna be great. I mean, they they've looked super good so far. Um, Thunder losing both games a little disappointing. I was, I was hoping for that to go seven. Still could. We're going back to OKC for game three. But I'm enjoying the Lillard uh, the Lillard West matchup there. Mm-hmm. So I want to see that go seven with with PG being injured. I think it's gonna be it's gonna be tough for OKC to compete though. Yeah, Paul He's George definitely. Yeah, definitely. He there's a pretty clear drop off. I mean, he was killing it early in the season, and then until what the sixty game mark, something around there. Somewhere there he hurt. He, I mean, he was number probably number three in the MVP race. I think at the two thirds mark. Yeah, I mean, and there's some actual buzz that he was like a legitimate guy, not just the third guy. Hmm. And then fell off pretty hard shortly thereafter. And the team in general has fallen off with him. 
So, I mean, we this shouldn't be that surprising. The Thunder were limping badly into the playoffs while the Trailblazers ended pretty solidly. Uh, Trailblazers 14 and 3 to end the season low key. Yeah, and Dame is playing great basketball. I like Lillard a lot. Out of time. Um so that series, I mean, like you said, going back to OKC, the Thunder would not be shocking if they won two, but boy, that second half of game two did not feel that way. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm probably guess they split them and then Portland takes care of business. And five. From there, yeah. Five or six on that. Yeah, I could see that. Um let's see what Nuggets Nuggets having a little bit more trouble with uh San Antonio than I think most people would have expected. Yeah, I mean, I feel like that's a little bit of a bad matchup for for the Nuggets. I mean, the Spurs seems both of these teams feel like their weaknesses are like really athletic teams, which the other one isn't. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I mean, it's good. It's good ball movement, good team basketball. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay, a little bit. This could just be experience. I think that in that game one, obviously San Antonio, the most well-oiled machine and we've seen for 20 years pop the yeah, whole but system. Even, but even game two, like the Spurs were beating them pretty good early on. And then it just took Jamal Murray catching fire to win. So it wasn't exactly like a convincing nuggets win, you know? Yeah. I mean, they're staring O two two home games right in the face. I mean, that's got to terrify you if you're a nuggets fan. That's a good point. I mean, are, I feel like you can't be confident that Jamal Murray is going to score 21 points in a quarter again. Are you picking San Antonio to come out? At this point, I feel like it. It just seems like they've been better so far. They're going back home. Um, mm-hmm. But of all the series, I think that's the one that goes seven. Hmm. I could see one of those Eastern Conference series going seven. Like the Magic or Nets and Sixers and Raptors. Yeah, I'd say of the East, I'd, obviously not the Bucks. Yeah, or the Pacers. I thought Pacers Celtics was going to be closer. I thought Pacers were going to win tonight. Actually, I mean they had it for a little bit. They had like a twelve point lead in the third. Hmm. So I'd probably uh, going back to going back to Indiana there. I mean, yeah, I'm saying. I'm saying that Denver is definitely the one that's. If I had to pick one, any series of the eight to go seven, it'd be that one. Yeah, I'd probably agree with that. Hopefully they go seven. You know, it's always fun to have a good long series. I mean, it's just disappointing. We talked about this before the show a little bit that one of the four teams, Denver, San Antonio, Portland, or Oklahoma City, is going to be in the Western Conference Finals against probably the Warriors. I mean, Denver's a, Denver's a great team this season, this regular season, but just got absolutely smoked every time they played Golden State, yeah. I think. Yeah. It's clearly inferior. Yeah. Maybe the, would the Blazers be any fun? I think the Blazers would probably... I mean, the thing with the Blazers, though, first of all, they're missing their third best player, Yusuf Nurkic. Um, and... I mean, the Warriors have just, they've played the Blazers a few times in the playoffs over the last few years and have just beaten them pretty easily every time. Yeah. If, if, I don't know, if the Thunder could somehow advance and then Paul George can somehow get healthy, that's, I mean, that's a, that's a matchup I wanted to see. 
Agreed. Just because it's got the Russ, KD, Oklahoma City, under yeah, I mean, yeah, KD going back to OKC is a, is a great storyline in itself. And Russ the, and Paul George, frosty, are, frosty relationship between KD and Russ, and Russ and Paul George are actual stars, superstars, maybe even. Um, so you got two of those going against the Warriors. You feel like, all right, that's like that's like a real series, you know. The the Blazers, it's like, all right, you got Dame, but McCollum's not quite there yet. Um, no, like I, I said, they're missing their Dame and a bunch of like, solid role players. No, McCollum's Denver. better than a solid role player. Okay, all right, all right, all right. You know what I'm a saying? Multi-time all star, so he's good. No star. Yes, McCollum. McCollum's good. Denver Jokic is obviously a superstar, but not really that not the same kind of superstar as a Russ or a PG. Yeah, I mean, he doesn't score. So it's his, like, be, his best skill is passing. and He doesn't score, and he's a slow-ass center who they're, they're lucky in this sense against the Spurs in that the Spurs don't have guys who can just destroy Jokic off the dribble. Um, like, I feel like Lillard and McCollum would just feast on Jokic in the next round. <laughs> so, honestly, I could see Jokic being a kind of guy – who could almost be played out of a series in in the wrong matchup. But the thing is, their offense is just so dependent on him, and he's so good on offense that you mm-hmm. can't not play him. Yeah, I'd like to see that matchup, Denver-Portland. Yeah. Um, I'm fine with Denver, just San Antonio's boring as shit. I don't need to see DeRozan and LaMarcus Aldridge in the fucking second round of the playoffs. That doesn't feel like a team that really has a future, and Denver does, feels like a team that can still. Mm-hmm. A lot of young guys. I want, I'd like to see Denver and kind I, of build I'd up. like to see Jokic in a scenario where he's going against a guy like Dame and McCollum or PG and Russ, you know? See, mm-hmm. see how he reacts when there's guys on the other team that can just relentlessly attack him. Um, yeah, I'll, I'll be pulling to see that. All right. Um, anything else you want to talk about the playoffs? Uh, I think we about covered. We want to we could just guess who what the uh, the next round looks like. <laughs> Thought you didn't want to do predictions. Well, I'm not saying I'm going to go down the line. Just guess all the series, like the the next round matchups. But I'm just saying, yeah. All Basically, right. I, I got the four. So in the East, I got the four favorites coming out. Okay. West, Golden State, Nuggets. In seven, um, give me Blazers and give me uh, who am I forgetting there? Rockets, Rockets. So there you go. The four favorites in the West, also. Chalk, baby. All right. I guess. Uh, I mean, this is the NBA. I, I would take the Spurs instead of the Nuggets. But I mean. Okay. I, just if just straight up odds, I would take the favorites in the East. Also, if I'm getting live odds, I might take. I full disclosure, I have bet money on the Nets and the Magic before those series. So, so I do have money on both of those. So, um, I do think those are possible. Do I think they're likely? No. So, I'll take the favorites also. That's fair. Um, all right. Should we move on? 
Let's do it. Now we have a uh, word from our sponsors. You may have heard of them. Our friends, the Black Tux. First ever sponsor. Let's go. Here at Four Sheets, we like to think weddings should be memorable, but not for the groom's lack of style. That's why our friends at the Black Tux design rental suits and tuxedos that you'll love wearing at your wedding. So if you end up getting featured on a list of, say, 23 epic wedding fails, maybe your reception table catches fire, or the, uh, the DJ plays Let's Get It On during the father-daughter dance, or maybe your wife fucks somebody else, at least you know you'll look good for your close-up. So, you know, there's I had a buddy, knew a guy one time. I'm not going to call him a buddy, but knew a guy. This groom... He used the black tux. Unfortunately, at his actual wedding, he was marrying a two. But he looked <laughs> but he looked great. The two had a hot cousin, about a seven and a half, eight. And that girl saw how nice he was looking. Fast forward a few years, this guy breaks up with his first wife, ends up dating the cousin solely because he was wearing the black tux. And that's how good these suits look. Let's say you're in the wedding party, you know? You're not the groom, but uh, you're a celebrity of the wedding, you know? You're in the mix. Maybe, maybe you're the best man. Maybe you're in the, uh, in the wedding court. Instead of focusing on what am I going to wear, you know? What am I going to – what what tux am I going with? Let black tux figure that out for you. You know what you're focusing on? Banging out the biggest slut of the event. Taking her home. Show, showing her Showing her what's what. Showing her what's underneath the black tux. Hey. So instead of stressing about just normal wedding bullshit, you don't want to go full groomzilla. Let your bride handle that. And instead, focus on the important stuff, like how you're going to tell your wife that you picked up chlamydia from a stripper in Atlantic City on your bachelor party. Hey, but we'll keep that between just us and the black tux. The best part about the black tux... So they have very easy online ordering process that's going to bring your suit or tuxedo straight to you. Skip the bullshit. Pick a style, blacktux.com. You're going to go ahead and request a free try-on so you can feel the fit, feel the quality before you make that verbal commitment. And if online, say that's on your style, well, Black Tux, we got you covered. Showrooms across this beautiful nation where you can find your fit and plan your look. From there, give us two weeks we're going to ship that order out, get to you before your wedding, so you can check it out one last time. Talk about commitment. With over 5,000 five-star reviews across Wedding Wire, The Knot, and their own website, you won't find another rental experience or design one that you'll find at the Black Tux. So grooms, if you want your wedding to be remembered for the right reasons, like you and your wife's eternal love, how Connor banged her horny sister. Visit the black visit the blacktux.com slash listen. That's the blacktux.com slash listen for twenty dollars off your purchase. Walk, don't run to the blacktux.com slash listen to find a look for you and your crew. The blacktux.com. Formal wear for the moment. For the boys. All right, there we go. Hey, black tux. Cut the check. All right, so back to our uh, originally scheduled programming. 
Switching gears, we've got um, moving on from sports to now do a little Game of Thrones recap. We had episode one aired on Sunday. Connor, did you watch? I probably should have asked that beforehand. I dropped. I I went full like local time. The like the second that that shit dropped, I was on it. Were you at a watch party or did you just watch him at your house? What's that? Did you have like any sort of gathering that you attended as a watch party or did you just watch it at home? Not a chance. I was violently hungover that day. Uh, okay. I mean, that was pretty late in the day though. Oh, I'm bro, I'm I'm hungover for 36 hours these days. <laughs> All right. Well, that's not great. All right, so basically what happened on the episode, Don and Don, Don and Janny. <laughs> Don Snow. Don Snow, his Italian cousin, Don. Hey, Donnie, I'm from Jersey, Donnie. coming out to Westeros. <laughs> hey, I got my boy Donnie coming out to Winterfell. <laughs> and see the family years. Don't want to make the regal. He's a real, he's a made man, that Donnie. You're going to love him. Good guy. Good guy. A little short, though. <laughs> got lifts. Got lifts. Don't mention it, though. He's he's very, he's very self-conscious about his lifts. <laughs> uh, but so, yeah, so John and Danny make it up to Winterfell. Uh, John's reunited with Arya, Bran. Yeah. Little man Bran. Um, and then... Let's see what else happened. Cersei fucks Euron. Um, yo, yo, we got we got hand that that fucking one liner real quick. Hold on, we'll we'll get we'll get to it. We're just doing the broad strokes right now. Um, and then fucking Tormund and some other dudes find uh, one of the Umbers, one of the other noble houses in the north. Their their son and leader. Uh, murdered and nailed to the wall with some White Walker fucking symbol shit going on. I was um, a little confused on that part. We'll need, we'll need some explanation. Up at Winterfell, we had like basically no one fucking likes Danny. Arya was telling John like, "Yo, dude, we're your family. Don't forget that." In a pretty threatening manner, we had Sansa basically being like. What the fuck is going on? Like, we were not ready for all this shit. Why did John bend the knee? All that kind of stuff. We've got Sam Tarly, John's best friend, being finding out that Danny burned his father and son alive. Um, so he doesn't like her. He's telling John, he told John that John's actually the heir to the throne. And that basically challenges John to be like, hey, this is your shit. You gave that shit up for Danny. Let's see if she'll do the same. So he's kind of throwing down that challenge on John. Um, John and Danny went for a dragon ride. Um, so yeah, that was basically it. Um, where do you want to start off, Connor? Uh, mm. You seemed really interested to talk about the Cersei Euron thing. Yeah, I just, I just want to touch on this fucking the Cersei line. This whole, uh, if you want a queen, earn her. Going a whore. What is it, banger? What, what was the line? Buyer? Buy one. Buy one. And then just turn around and just, and just fucking bangs whore him. out. What's that? Just goes out and bangs him five seconds later. And yeah, and, fucking, and then she's the whore, you know? 
fuck, fuck are you doing here, Thursday? Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Dude, turn your fucking ringer off. I, it's on the computer. Oh, well, <laughs> fucking mute that shit then. Well, then I, I don't think you can hear me if I mute it. Okay, well, whatever. Um, but so, but so, anyways, yeah, I agree. That was that was just stupid. Like this, Euron is just Theon. Is he their brother, uncle, or uncle? Yeah, uncle. uncle okay. Very very scummy family. Those those Greyjoys. Yeah, oh yeah, total sleaze bags. I mean, all they do is like fucking rape and pillage. Yeah, I mean, well, I don't understand why she banged him. I mean. Maybe she's she just like horny, but maybe it's also like because supposedly she was pregnant with Jamie's kid at the end of last season. So if she like bangs Euron, then everyone's just gonna think it's Euron's kid instead of an incest uh, baby. Okay. Huh. Well, what are you gonna do when the baby comes out of the uh, five hands, huh? Some Lannister locks. What or is that? Locks like is in hair, like the gold hair. Oh, I thought you were, okay. I was thinking you were referring to like another like birth effect. <laughs> no. Um, and then I mean, honestly, I didn't. I didn't like. I didn't think this episode was that great. Personally, I thought it was fine. Oh. I mean, it was like episode one. They're obviously gonna have a lot of build up. So yeah, setting shit up. I guess. I think the John reveal was pretty sick. Um, where John he, and Danny Rock Dragons was I didn't care for. I mean, you feel like they just had to do something to like build up their romance and make it seem like it's they're more in love because they're clearly foreshadowing like a lot of things were going to come in between John and Danny. So I feel like they needed to like have more foundation to their relationship so it feels more believable that it's all of these things splitting them apart are difficult for them, you know? Yeah, I guess that's fair. Um, like a writer's point of view. Yeah. I mean, it definitely seems like fucking everyone's going to hate Danny and that they're setting that up for basically John and Danny to be at odds with each other at some point. Yeah. That feels like the central storyline kind of of this season. I feel like, yeah. Which personally I'm, I'm into them together. So I'm, I'm, I'm rooting against that. Ah. I don't really care about the incest thing, to be honest. It's fucking. There's worse in this universe. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's question for this is is this taking place in the? It's taking place in the past, right? <laughs> it's in a fucking different world, dude. the The timing of it doesn't matter. Yeah, but it feels like the past. I mean, everyone's like medieval dress kind dude, of. So well, maybe in this world they're still in medieval times in fucking three thousand. It's a different yeah, that's, world. Okay. That's the whole point. That's what I'm saying. If it's if they're middle, if it's Middle Ages. I feel like they, it's like banging around. It's really like, the Middle Ages. I'm saying, assume they have the Middle Age, like like the, the morals and like the. We know what the morals strong. are. We've watched seven seasons of of this show. We know we're familiar with the universe. So the I feel like banging your aunt is probably pretty chill. I agree. So yeah, I don't. I, mean, I don't know. I, I don't care about this whole like John and Danny. That like that does not seem that fucked up to me personally. Me neither. Like, because the backdrop of, like, modern America, sure. Okay, what if in modern America, your aunt's the same age as you, you didn't know she was your aunt? How would you feel afterwards? It's pretty fucked, but, like, I probably just would try If she's as know. hot as Danny and also the mother of dragons and a queen. 
Yeah, but obviously I'm, I'm sweeping that shit under the rug. I'm just keeping it quiet. <laughs> Would you Fucking keep banging her? What? Would you keep banging her? Probably low key. <laughs> Is she with it? Like, yeah, she doesn't care. She's a Targaryen, dude. She's she's down. Yeah, I would, I, honestly, I would just. Do fuck you think it. she'll care? Do you think she'll care that they're related? Because John didn't seem to give a fuck that they're related. Fucking <laughs> <laughs> beat that ass up. Dude. John's reaction was, <laughs> Sam. Just so you know, you've been banging your aunt. Are you t- are you saying my dad's a liar? <laughs> yes, I don't think John gives a fuck. Honestly, I'll John to be ch- whatever. Fuck it. Yeah, it's not, is it modern, it's not modern America? It's fucking Game of Thrones world, so it's chill. Right? Yeah. Well, I mean, Cersei had fucking walked through the streets naked because of it. Hmm. And brothers a little more fucked up. They know that they know their brother and sister. They're too. brothers and they're twins, and they like grew up as siblings. So it's not like. You know. Like Daenerys, like fucking Daenerys was like on a whole other world. <laughs> Daenerys, Daenerys was on a whole other world than John. Like that'd be like if like you like start fucking some ten from the Ukraine, and then you find their aunt. Like all right, like, maybe that's just bad information. You know, play it off <laughs> like that. Sources are questionable. Yeah. We just we just ran with it. She was hot. But what if what if you also had someone who you thought was your half-brother, who had a vision of you actually, or your uncle, no, your aunt, actually having that person as a baby. So you knew his hard facts. I'm not following. <laughs> well, that's how John knows, right? Because Bran had a vision? I thought it was because the nerd told him. Well, no, Sam, boy, yeah, I guess that's how... I mean, directly it was Sam, but they got that information from Bran's vision. Sam got the information from Bran. Yeah. Eh, I'm 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 telling the press that we we don't know for sure. He's <laughs> blowing me like twice a day, and it, we're running with it. <laughs> yeah, just you know, just I I would probably do the same thing. I'd do the same thing. I mean, she, right, what what else happened this episode? Fucking little man Bran is uh, taking a lot of flack this week. Just fucking pulling up on every motherfucker in this show. All right, do we want to start talking about the memes now? Yeah, we can talk about the memes. <laughs> All right, so there are a couple good ones. I think the first one was the one you were talking about. You want to take that one? Yeah, so I mean, fucking Bran in his little wheelchair, creepy-ass little Bran is just pulling up on everybody in this fucking episode. I mean, he's he's chilling outside when... uh. After John gets the news from Sam, um, was pulls he? up on fucking. What's that? Was he? Yeah. Nah, nah, nah. He was like, oh, I'm just waiting outside or some shit. Oh, I'm waiting for an old friend. Yeah. Which that old friend turns out to be his boy, Julius Lannister. <laughs> Jamie Lannister. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> so this is kind of crazy. Like, so Brand clearly fucking remembers, right? <laughs> Well, yeah, he remembers the whole history of everything. Huh. All right. So he... All right, that seems insane, but... (laughs) (laughs) Dude, he's got that third eye open wide, homie. (laughs) Oh, man. Is Bran Bran laying any pipe? 
Because can no, he? No, he's can paraplegic. Damn, dude. Wait, does that is that how that works? Can paraplegics get hard? I don't think so. I mean, well, it depends where the. I mean, maybe it's you're maybe you're just paraplegic from the knees down. Maybe from the thighs down, but your dick works. I don't know. There's probably different scenarios, right? Well, I feel like I feel like getting hard's like a vascular thing, whereas paraplegic's like a nervous system thing. You know? Okay, okay. I mean, I don't know. Wheelchair folk go to strip clubs every now and then. They have to get hard then. Well, I mean, it could just be a thing like you just. Uh, I just want to feel like what it feels like to be a real boy, kind of thing. <laughs> I just imagine rolling up to strip club and you just see like a bunch of like dudes in wheelchairs. Oh, we just came from the what? What's their league called? Like the murder like the ball. Murder ball. We just came from murder ball. What's it to you? They're all wearing like their t-shirts, their murder ball t-shirts. <laughs> so yeah, uh, I don't know. I, I'm guess I'm gonna say Brand's not laying pipe. He's definitely not laying pipe, but I guess could he if he wanted to? <laughs> could he? A uh, clearly fucking weird ass brand is not just like banging out these. You should roll around Tyrion, dude. Get a paraplegic and a and a dwarf. Bro, wait, what? Bastard? What is it? Cripples, bastards, and broken things, or some shit? Yeah, that was an episode, wasn't it? Yeah, I mean it's a it's a line Tyrion says. Yeah. He's got a soft spot for cripples, bastards, and... He likes Bran, doesn't he? Doesn't Tyrion like Bran? Tyrion? I think he's fine with him. He doesn't really know Bran. I mean, Bran (laughs) fought of window and got paralyzed the only time they basically ever met. Really? Who does... Who who is... Jon Snow. He likes Jon Snow. Yeah. Who's the paraplegic? Is there a paraplegic he has a soft spot for or no? Hmm... Oh, he does. I think help design like a a thing for brand maybe because that's, that's what I'm thinking. That's what, I like yeah. that. I enjoy that storyline. That yeah. was cool. Yeah, he designs like the the way for brand to ride the horse. I think. Okay, okay, that's what I was thinking of. Yeah, so he should help brand get laid. <laughs> yeah, I feel like brand. You think the third three eye raven? That's that's allowed. I can see it being like a celibate thing, like a Catholic priest. Hmm. Yeah. I feel like you could probably use that to your like powers if you want to. What what is he what is his power exactly? He just remembers shit? I mean, it's kind of up in the air right now. Cause like the Hodor shit. Alright, we, we might need to take like a bong toke or something for this next discussion. <laughs> <laughs> but but I think with like the Hodor thing, it's basically like very clearly Bran being in the old times, Bran being in the old times while also like warging into Hodor or whatever, while also like fucking Hodor dying. Like obviously that like affected the past, but it was like the past had already happened. Or him affecting the past had happened before Bran affected the past. (laughs) (laughs) That's way too too much for me. Because Hodor was already saying Hodor before Bran was ever born, right? Mm. Yeah. So... That was was when we found out why he said Hodor... That was a sick ass moment. Yeah, that was a great moment. That was that was one of the best episodes of that season. But anyways, 
So I think all of these things basically, I mean, either everything's like set in stone already. So like everything's already been planned out or Uh, everything's like happening simultaneously. Like every moment is also happening at the same time as every other future and past moment. Uh, uh, I don't know. <laughs> I was just trying to think about what. Yeah, I was trying to help little man Bran out, see if he could work some work some slut into banging him. I mean, I'm not sure. If wouldn't that's that basically be him banging himself then? <laughs> <laughs> all this, all this, just a jerk off <laughs> for Bran. So, do you think it would if Bran wargs into a girl and then banged himself? He would feel it from the girl's side, so he'd basically be getting fucked by himself. <laughs> so, so Brand fucking a bitch is gay. <laughs> if Brand sucked his own dick as a girl, is that gay? <laughs> so, how is? Br- <laughs> I think you'd have to fuck like two chicks to make it to make it straight. Okay. <laughs> So if he has a threesome with two girls and he's only well, well does he warg into both of the girls? No, he should just fucking warg into himself. <laughs> he should warg into himself and one of the girls. Warging, that's just being alive. <laughs> I don't know. There's got to be a way for or for the little man to get laid. Uh, I mean, you're not getting fucked. The Three Eyed Raven has to like be enough of a title, right? <laughs> Brands just roll, literally roll around Winterfell trying to drop that line. So, <laughs> you guys ever heard of Three Eyed Raven? Yeah, it's me. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm working all the time. <laughs> Used to war- I'll do it right now. I used to warg into Hodor. <laughs> totally, totally straight though. <laughs> what? Oh, what if he warged into somebody else and then fucked a girl from that body? Okay, that might be the move. Actually, he should. We should warg into Braun and fuck fuck those three chicks from last week. Yeah. yeah. All right. So that. Yeah, okay, that's probably the move, actually, for the little man brand is we're going to some cool dude and just fuck up the village slot that way. If you're working into a cool dude, honestly, you should just warg into John and bang Danny. Yeah, yeah I've heard worse ideas. <laughs> I might be doing this. I might be doing a similar act in a T minus 10. All right. Let's see how many people are still listening this deep in the show. Got it's gone off the rails in this Game of Thrones stuff. Ever since that ad read, shit's just gone sideways. <laughs> Much like that hard six in Boca Raton. <laughs> uh, all right. Uh, well, touch a little uh, little cuck of the week. Yeah, quick cucks. Yeah. You want to start? Uh, TS off. Um, little tech focus this week. We got Samsung, everyone's uh, least favorite fucking company. Diehard Apple fans over here, stockholders, etc. So you know we hate Samsung. Samsung goes ahead, drops this fucking uh, folding phone. 
I'm gonna tell you this for me, this didn't move move the needle one bit. I don't want an Apple phone. And personally, I don't really see the benefit of it folding. But well, I think the, the benefits phone. is that it could like be a bigger phone, right? And still yep, fit in yeah, your pocket. Fab, fablet, all that so, stuff. Yeah, exactly. I, okay, sure. Would you say phablet? That's right. Phone, tablet, phablet. Oh, phablet. I thought you said phablet. Like it was like a, <laughs> a tablet for thoughts or something. <laughs> What's that future line? I got an iPhone 8. I already got 200 bitches in it. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I already got 200 hoes. That one? Yeah. Brand new iPhone 8, 200 hoes, something like that. <laughs> so basically, Samsung drops his fucking phone, and uh, two days later, 48 hours in, phone's, phone's crapping out, phone's breaking. So, shit product from a shit company. The line is, I, love to see it. I just got an iPhone 8 and already stored it with 200 hoes. <laughs> That's you kind of can fun smell I'm the to money on me, it comes off my clothes. <laughs> oh. Poetic. So Samsung dropping a shit product. No surprise there. They had the fucking exploding phones on the plane. Now they got the fucking broken phone. Yeah, just classic trying to beat Apple to market and then just fucking bringing some shit out there when it's not ready. So I love to see it. And uh, we'll see if these these folding phablets take off, but uh, I'm short. All right, so another one. Honestly, full full disclosure, this this is probably not that much of a cuck. We just want to bag on Russell Wilson. Um, so Wilson got paid. He's now the highest paid player in the NFL. Um, but to announce it, he had this like weird ass video where he's like in bed with Sierra, and he's like they're like cuddling. He's shirtless, still wearing some chains, and like is speaking really softly and he's like, Oh yeah. Like go Hawks. Uh, pretty tired. So, uh, going to go to bed, but blah, blah, some bullshit like that. Uh, it was I just really found it to be a weird, 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 it was a really, really, really weird video. Seemed a little out of character to this whole, uh, God fearing guy. Uh, this whole, this whole image he's built up. Seemed a little bit out of character. I felt like he's just trying to like, like a heat check almost like I just signed this contract. Let me see if I can pull this shit off. And it just, I don't think it worked for the guy. I mean, it just it's came off. To, it just came off as super weird. It's hard just to clown somebody for, for being the highest paid NFL player of all time. Not the, not the move to for him to drop it like that. I don't think. Agreed. It's not how I would do it. If you want to drop a video, should have. <laughs> I, I was I was testing this one out. Um, I don't think it's gonna land, but <laughs> should have dropped a video of him getting sucked off by some blonde chick. Yeah, that would not have landed. <laughs> that was my heat check moment. Didn't didn't hit. That would be a terrible move, Connor. <laughs> <laughs> All right, and last up, we've got uh, we got our buddy, our buddies at Lyft. Aaron's a big fan of this company. You got a UCSB grad. You got Sigma Pi in there. So we're biased towards them. We're rooting for them. I've got a little stock. We'll money tucked away with them. I prefer Lyft to Uber. And it's just, just been general. cratering, let me tell you. Opened at uh, the range of 62, 68. But uh, day one, 
pops up to Connor, 87. Days later, we're down over 32%. Right, well, I'm not hearing Connor, so I'll just finish this just one off. Just getting crushed. So Lyft down at, uh, uh, IPO'd now, so. a couple weeks ago. For those like, lifters out there, I think tough like go of it. $82 or something like that. Dropped a few bucks in uh, pre-market. By the time it got to market, it was already down like 10%. And then basically just kept tanking all the way down. It's already down 33%. It's been up for like ooh, two weeks, maybe a little less than that, maybe a little more. Um, so it's down. All right. Yeah. Down. <laughs> all right. Um, hopefully you didn't just totally fuck up our recordings. <laughs> I coming back. All right. Well, all right. So lift basically the stock's sucking ass. So, that's all you need to know. That's why they're nominated for Cuck of the Week. Started off hot, and then whew, it's just taking a turn for the worst. Stay tuned. We're long. We're long. Um, but so uh, I guess we're rolling with Samsung for Cuck of the Week this week? Yeah, I think it's a good choice. All right, agreed. All right, so I th- that's our show. Remember, everyone, go out, buy, not buy, but use the Black Tux for all your tuxedo rentals. Um, watch Game of Thrones next week. Watch the NBA playoffs. Um, and we'll check back in on Sunday. Yeah.